Time out when there's gaps in coverage. Every team needs a player that they can count on to help out. Aflac Supplemental Insurance can help close the gap between what health insurance covers and what it doesn't. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Aflac pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. Get help with expenses that health insurance does not cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on a glorious meet Friday. I am counting down the minutes, 44 minutes now. At this point, till I dive into those baby back ribs, the brats with the mustard bar and green chili mac and cheese. I'm a little bit nervous about that one, depending on how many green chilies are in the mac and cheese. I don't know how I feel about green chilies. I, I honestly don't know. Like I'm going to try it, but I'm not sure if I like them or not. Are they kind of like peppers or is it just like whatever? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, type of a pepper but it's not overwhelming nor hot nor it won't be like hundreds of them i, I don't like peppers I, i'm an anti-peptite oh, man. i i don't like peppers. you gotta eat everything on the menu though fritzy you have a long drive to pennsylvania how do you pace yourself as to how much you can safely consume with so you can comfortably get uh, from here to your home uh, unless what, Fritzy? As far as like restroom stops, I guess is what uh, I'm getting at oh Ribs dude, I'm not, and all these different things oh are, i'm not afraid to I, i'll a strong I, stomach no well, I have a strong stomach, but also I'm not a player. I just poop a lot. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got a rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not afraid to go to a truck stop in Bloomsbury, New Jersey. Do what you got to do. And do what I got to do. Yeah, that, that again, that's like the whole David Pollock food is fuel thing. I'm not going to, like, get scared off from how many ribs I eat or brats because I might have to go number two on the drive home. Like, that's not going to scare me off. Meathead James Vanderbeek. Who gave me that, by the way? Was that you, Polly? Was that a caller or a listener? I don't know which one of us did that. Anyway, Meathead James Vanderbeek in, filling in for Dan Patrick. My real name's Ross Tucker. I think most of you guys know I played seven years in the NFL, five different teams. Love those of you that check us out, danpatrick.com. Shout out Chat Row, by the way, at DP Show on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on any social media platform. Want to welcome in everybody watching us on Peacock, including my mom, Sandy, my mother-in-law, Rachel, getting bonus points for the name drops there. I hope Fox Sports Radio, what's it, like 500 radio stations? I think we're on 
See, check me if I'm wrong. I think it was three ninety eight. Yeah, it's almost four. I think. Yeah. yeah I, see, that's one where I would say four hundred. Like, I think that's a fair roundup. We're journalists. Yeah, you're you're not journalists. <laughs> you're not a journalist. Sure we are. You think so? Us? Yeah. Sure we are. I'm not a journalist. No, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not a journalist. We try to be. I took exactly zero journalism classes. What'd you major in business? Politics. Oh. Obviously. Prince, <laughs> Princeton has really old fashioned majors. Like my options were like philosophy, Latin, anthropology, politics, dead history. languages. That's yeah. I took Latin for two years in high school. Instead of doing something smart, I had already taken two years of Spanish in seventh and eighth grade. And then when I got to high school, I was like, ah, who needs Spanish? I should take Latin. That was a good idea. I did the exact opposite. What an idiot. I did the exact opposite, Seton. My first two years, I took Latin, which I loved. It was helpful for like the SAT. It was cool. Plus, yeah. I love Roman history. Yeah, me too. But there's some, like Caligula, there's some crazy dudes back in the day. They had meat every day. It wasn't meat Friday, <laughs> it was meat Saturday, meat Sunday. But then I thought, once we started, once they had to start to try to read books in Latin, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Am I reading a book in a language that doesn't exist right now? Correct. What am I even doing? I'm out. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. I'm out, Jerry. I'm out. And so I, I switched Spanish to Spanish language. one, Spanish two, my last two years. I'll never forget, I got in trouble with the Spanish teacher. I don't know what happened, but I forgot to turn something in. And so she, she told my football coach about it. So after practice, okay, he, he says, uh, Lewandowski, Tucker, I need to talk to you guys after practice. I'm like, okay. So Lewandowski's in front of me. He goes, hey, Lewandowski, uh, Mike Drago from the, from the local paper's going to call you. They're doing a feature story on you. And Mike's like, okay, cool. So he walks away. And I'm like, I'm excited. Like, what's he going to say to me? And my coach says, what's going on in uh, Spanish class? Your teacher said you've been acting off. I was so mad. I was so mad at her that the next day I didn't raise my hand once. And when she would call me, she'd be like, uh, Ross, you're up. You're up uh, on this one. I, I would just say, no hablo espanol. Wow. <laughs> like I didn't even try to do the accent thing. I went real disrespectful. No hablo espanol. And that all, all that stuff got you to Princeton. Yes. Yeah, How about that? That and Scrapple and Yangling. You, too, can play in the NFL and go to Princeton. So I want to get in these games momentarily. I have a question, though. Do you guys look at Meathead as, like, a negative connotation? Most people do, right? I embrace it. Paulie? All right. I'll try to summarize this maybe for the group. Meathead isn't necessarily a slight or making fun of someone. Most people look at it that way. Yeah. I've bit. always embraced it. It, I, it doesn't bother me. A little bit like a guy's guy. I think when so we say me fans, like we're saying he's a guy's guy. He's a bro. Like the Bosa brothers are bros, the broses. Yeah. And the Gronks are kind of, you're like, Gronk is a meathead, but he's also seems like a good guy, fun, and pretty harmless. I think if you're insecure about who you are or your intelligence, maybe you get offended by it. But like, I, I'm not. Like, I'm not offended by that. I like. Somebody one time called me the Ivy League meathead. I thought that was awesome. That might be better than meathead James Vanderbeek. Seaton? Do we uh, want the Merriam-Webster definition of the term meathead? Yes. Do we? Yeah, sure. Do you have it? I do, yeah. Uh, it says a stupid or bungling person. And then the synonyms are airhead, bonehead, blockhead, chowderhead, <laughs> <laughs> deadhead. 
<laughs> Dumbhead? Dunderhead. Dunderhead. <laughs> Knucklehead, they're all hammerhead, hardhead. You know what's so funny? I've never looked at Meathead as being a stupid or a bungling person. I've looked at Meathead as being a guy that all he wants to do is lift weights and eat <laughs> right. meat and drink beer uh, and, be, and like not talk about anything deep. Like That's how I look at Meathead. I would agree with your assessment of that. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Like In high school, the Meathead guy was the guy who was only there to play football and class was an afterthought, and he skated by class or worked his way into grades, whatever, by being a good football player. Like that, that guy's a yeah, meat. but you can be smart and still be a meathead, huh? You're you're an anomaly, dude. You're, you sound like a meathead, <laughs> and the way you describe lifestyle is meatheadish. But you went to an Ivy League school. You're an anomaly. I think all in the family gave Meathead a bad connotation when uh, Archie would call his son-in-law that and it had that connotation about, like, you're not with the times, you're not bright, you're not intelligent. And I totally like your definition so much better. And you're like a guy's guy. That one can That might need to. to be a new poll question. Like, is Meathead a negative or a positive? It, what? it feels derogatory, got to admit. Well, I mean, based on the Merriam-Webster. By the way, who who is Merriam-Webster that she gets to decide what, what every word means? <laughs> I mean, let's talk about being a little too big for your britches. There's no, nothing I'm going to be the person that decides what every word means? That is a meathead sentence, what you just said. <laughs> Who's Merriam-Webster? What does she know? That's, that's, that's the great. definition. Seton, can you give me an update on the polls? Yeah. Yeah. I can. Not that, not that poll. The actual meathead, polls, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that eventually. Uh, what type? We have other much more important poll questions like, what type of chocolate chip cookie do you prefer? Hard or soft? Can I guess? Uh, please do. Because it is a landslide. Soft is 88%. Hard is 12%. Soft is exactly 88%. Yes, nailed it. Oh, oh right my on gosh. it. Nailed it. Take that, people that call me a meathead. I'm a cookie pole genius. <laughs> <laughs> we also have, who are you rooting for, uh, Michigan or Washington? Do you want to guess on that one? Yes. Whew, you didn't say landslide. You didn't give me, like, a hint. No. I'm going to go... 82% Washington, 18% Michigan. You got to tell me where all your radio, your 400 stations are. How uh, many are in Detroit? I mean, how many are in Michigan? Well, we have a lot more outside of Michigan than we do in Michigan. So Okay, so uh, I'm going to go 82-18. It's actually 66% for Washington right now. That's not too wow. bad. I mean, it's still, they're winning comfortably. But Any of you guys rooting for Michigan? Paulie? Weirdly, I, I like Washington. Great story. Penix, love their uniforms, love their setting of their stadium. However, as a producer, as a guy who works in stories, us, if Michigan wins the national title, the whatever scandal around them goes on. It becomes a thing and stays a thing. You root what, for stories. I root for stories. And if Michigan loses the sign stealing and the NCAA, it goes away. Nobody really cares if a, a team that finishes runner-up loses games or whatever. But... As a you know, a producer, if Michigan wins it, the story keeps going. It's funny because for me, I call college games, NFL games for CBS. CBS moving forward is now the Big Ten. They have the Big Ten contract, so I want the Big Ten team to win. They're both Big Ten teams now. They they actually play against each other next year in the regular season. It's an all Big Ten national championship game. Speaking of all Big Ten, that has absolutely nothing to do with the stars of the PGA Tour coming out swinging as the new year starts in Maui, Hawaii. The best golf in the world is played here. The century. All right, so let's dive into these NFL games. I'm going to go rapid fire 
with my thoughts on each of these games. We're going to be joined by Chase Daniel, who had really an incredible career. And it's funny because you guys might not look at it that way, but in terms of longevity and compensation and how good his body still feels, he had an incredible career. We're going to talk to him about NFL in general, but also some of these backup quarterbacks. So Steelers-Ravens tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Ravens are resting Lamar Jackson. What interests me there, Steelers have scored over 30 points the last two games with Mason Rudolph as their starter. He'll start again. What I think is hilarious about that is every time you ever hear people say, the coaches, man, the coaches know. They've been around these guys every day all year. The Steelers coaches had Kenny Pickett and Trubisky ahead of Rudolph all year. What do they know? I will say this, Tyler Huntley can play for the Ravens. So that will be, I think that'll be, and John Harbaugh, they already lost the Steelers once this year. He does not want to lose this game. They're going to rest their key guys, but they're still going to try to win. Houston Indy, win and you're in. Not a single solitary soul said before the year that C.J. Stroud against Gardner Minshew, week 18 with a playoff berth on the line. Nobody. Bucks Panthers, Bucks obviously, they win. They win the NFC South. They got to win that game. That was a disappointing loss for them against the Saints last week. You got the Browns at the Bengals. Speaking of things literally nobody would have said maybe even a month ago, the Cleveland Browns will be resting starting quarterback Joe Flacco in the last regular season game. Imagine saying that two months ago. It's nuts. Minnesota at Detroit. The Detroit one, these are the interesting ones, right? Because if you're Detroit, you can get the two seed if both the Cowboys and the Eagles lose, which is pretty unlikely. So if you're Detroit, do you play your guys or do you not play your guys? Otherwise, you're locked into the three seed. What do you guys think? Would you play your guys or would you not? I think I would. I, I, right now, I've seen Jared Goff starting that game. So it appears yeah. that everyone else will be starting. Yeah. So it feels like so, for some teams it makes sense. Like the Ravens, yeah, go ahead and rest your guys. The Lions, though, mm, let's keep the momentum going. Well, they can justify it by saying we have to win because we might be able to get the two seed. Yeah, and a set, yeah. the, the, they can justify that. Right, right, right. But still, if Jared Goff gets hurt in that game or one of those guys, whew, that's when you do want to be on Detroit Sports Talk Radio. Jets, Patriots, you already kind of talked about that one with Belichick. Real quick, around the room, Fritz, you're first. Is this Belichick's last game with the Patriots? Yes. Pauly? Yes. Marvin? Yes. Seton? What? What is not a yes or no answer? I guess yes. So you know what's nuts about that? That seems crazy to me. The only people that think Belichick might still be the coach are Patriots fans. They're the only, and by the way, he still might. But when I talk to people, nobody outside of New England thinks there's any chance he's back. And, and it's done with like, oh, well, obviously he's getting fired. What do you mean, obviously? He's like the greatest coach of all time. Well, obviously they're getting rid of him. Well, <laughs> what? What? Falcons, Saints, the winner of that has a chance to win the NFC South if the Bucks lose to the Panthers. Arthur Smith might be coaching for his job there. Although that's a guy. Don't you kind of want to see what Arthur Smith would be like if he had a top 20 quarterback? Maybe in like a top – I mean, he's had like a bottom five, bottom ten guy all three years. 
I would be. Let me just say this right now. First of all, I am open to any head coaching job. So Carolina, whatever. Uh, do the do the breaking news thing. I know there are a lot of people that say they they would not accept the Carolina Panthers head coaching job because of David Tepper. David, if you're listening or watching, I, Ross Tucker, am willing to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers on, I'll give you a budget, five years, $25 million. I'll sign up for that right now. Five years, that's below market value for what head coaches get these days. I'll sign up for that right now. We'll keep an eye on the hotline to see if Mr. Tepper calls in. That would be amazing. That'd be good content. I will say this, though. I would be so mad if I was ever a head coach for three years and I never had even a top 25 quarterback. I'd be like, well, what was the point of that? I I didn't even have a chance. Anyway, that's what I think about when I think of Arthur Smith. Jags are playing the Titans. Could be Vrabel's last game in Tennessee. I tend to doubt it. Those guys are going to come to play. Derrick Henry's last game, maybe. Tannehill's last game. Jaguars better be on upset alert there. Seattle and Arizona. Seattle needs a win and they need help. I am really intrigued by the Bears and the Packers. That's a good game. The Bears have momentum. Packers are in a win and you're in situation. I'm going to ask Chase Daniel in a couple minutes about both those teams. Chiefs, Chargers. It's the Blaine Gabbard against Easton Stick. Broncos Raiders. Raiders are playing for Antonio Pierce to keep the job. Former teammate of mine, by the way. We were rookies together in Washington, 2001. He's going to get that job. Mark Davis isn't going to make the same mistake twice. Eagles at the Giants. Boy, the Eagles need to get some momentum going desperately. There's some people that think they should sit their starters because they're going to be the five seed more than likely. I, I think they need to go out and play well. Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, get fired up for the hot takes on Monday after one or both those guys light it up. The Cowboys can clinch the two-seed NFC East if they win at the Commanders. Ron Rivera, he wants to go out with a win. He knows he's gone. And then Sunday night is football night. The Bills, the Dolphins. I can I can never remember this being a situation, guys. The Bills are third in the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Power Rankings. Third. There's a very real possibility if they lose that game, they miss the playoffs. That is not 14 teams make the playoffs, and the third team in my power rankings might miss if they don't win at the Miami Dolphins. We'll talk to Chase Daniel about that game as well. 18 minutes past the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Going to be joined by Chase Daniel momentarily. Longtime NFL quarterback, who, by the way, is killing it with his YouTube show. He's gone right from an awesome NFL career to having a great media career going. Two things quick I want to mention. Number one, the Wemby stat of the day. It's brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Secondly, I just looked at my Twitter mentions, at Ross Tucker NFL. I told you guys about the unmanned Ubers in Arizona. Like, I got a bunch of people saying... Driverless cars in Arizona have been like that for a while now, my friend. Very weird to see. Eddie said, I deliver mail in Scottsdale. They're everywhere here. Sometimes two park next to me while I'm parking, or I'm parked delivering my streets. No driver at all. Freaked me out once. You guys had no idea? Oh, no, this is like a real thing. I don't know if it's in other cities, too, but this other guy said, saw in Scottsdale, unmanned Uber. Anyway, it's a very real thing. And imagine pulling up at like a stoplight and you look at the car next to you and there's nobody in it. Nobody. Or even weirder is there's just somebody in the back because it's an Uber. There's nobody in the front. I'm not ready for that. I'm like pro technology, but I'm not, I'm not ready for some of this stuff. I am ready for Chase Daniel, who does an awesome job in really everything he does. You know, 
quarterbacks have such an advantage breaking down some of this stuff. I hate them. They have an advantage in every aspect of life. And Chase is doing the same thing with his terrific show on YouTube. Chase, it's Ross Tucker, man. Good to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. And it's hilarious. So I saw the tweet. The unmanned Ubers are real because, like, we we go to Phoenix. We, we're, we're home based in San Diego. And we go to Phoenix once or twice a year to play golf because best golf in the world, in my opinion, over there. And, um, dude, I've seen a few of them. But you, you look, and there's no one driving. There's no one in the front seat. And there's, like, three people in the back seat. And, oh, by the way, it's, like, $6 to go to the airport. So they're taking over. It's just it's creepy as all get out though, man. Like I, I like I can't I don't trust them. Like you see all these problems that that Tesla's having with these autopilots like unmanned vehicles, I don't know. But yeah, that that was <laughs> it's weird. So so wait, so so two interesting things there, Chase. So number one, I never thought about that. But of course they would be a lot cheaper because you don't have to pay the person. So that yeah, makes sense. Way cheaper. Secondly, I agree that it's weird. But then I think about how many people are driving that probably shouldn't be driving. And I think, I don't know, maybe I'd rather have a computer than some of these people that are like not paying attention or might not be the brightest bulbs. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. It's just, it's just weird to see unmanned vehicle. Like I'm with you. I'm not ready for it. I'm pro technology, but I'm just, I'm just not ready for it. All right, so what you are ready is to break down week 18. So here's the first question. Did you ever start one of these games? Did you ever start one of these, you know, we're, we're resting the starters so you get the last start of the year games? Yeah, two. Two, actually. It's wild. My first start ever um, was against the San Diego Chargers. It was 2013, I think. It was our first year Andy Reid Chiefs. We had locked up like the five seed. I don't think we could have gone either, either like higher or lower. So it was the game. I don't know if you remember, but it was the game where like I think we were like ten and five, and the Chargers were nine and like four, so nine and five, something something crazy. They had to win to get into the playoffs. So they they were they were playing everybody, and we literally sat as many people as possible. For the Chiefs, we ended up um, kicking a 40-yard field goal with no time to win the game. The kicker missed it. We went to overtime, and they actually beat us in overtime on this like crazy fourth and 15 play um, to actually get into the playoffs. So it was it was cool to go into to San Diego and almost beat uh, Philip Rivers and the Chargers starters when I was there. So it was interesting, and that's what a lot of these people understand. Like, like I, I got a graphic from NFL Network sent to me. Um, about all the backup quarterbacks that are going. And I sent a tweet out, and I was like, hey, this is electric. And it was like <laughs> Blaine Gabbert versus Easton Stick. And look, those it, it's just like I actually enjoy it because it's a great opportunity for people and guys who have been backup quarterbacks um, to show what they got. And this game to these guys means a lot. Now, to fans, it might not mean so much, but it's a good opportunity for for them to show not only themselves but their teammates and their teams and and people around the world like hey you you belong here right because anytime you get an opportunity to start like in the NFL there's only 32 jobs right so um to be able to get one of those on any given Sunday it's it's a pretty cool cool thing and i was saying earlier in the show chase and i think it's more for it's any position but more for quarterback than other positions 
Do you guys have like an equation? Because I'm buddies with some backup quarterbacks, like Chad Henney's from my hometown, right? Yeah. And I'm convinced, right? If you start one game and play well, that adds like like you're good for the next two years. Like you like you start one game, you play maybe well. three years. Yeah, you get yeah. two or three years out of that. Yeah. Unless unless you have to go in again in between and play bad. But like it, yeah. I mean, is there like a math equation? But you guys know that that's how it works. Well, you you, you realize like it's, it's this league is like it's there's some bad quarterback play. Like let's just be honest. And so when somebody comes in like a Jake Browning. Or like I wouldn't even put Gardner Minshew as a backup because he's been a starter. But what Gardner Minshew's done to be able to have the Colts in a play-in game this year, he was brought in to mentor Anthony Richardson in the second game of the year. He's playing the entire year, so I think teams are going to put way more of a value on backup quarterbacks. But yeah, all it takes. I mean, look, you're not only playing these guys that are playing this this week. All the backups, they're not just playing for their team because a lot of these guys are in short-term contracts. They're playing for 31 other teams. They're putting their 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 stuff on tape. So when the backup quarterback and the starting quarterback carousel goes round and round like it does every offseason, some of these guys who play well in this last game, they're going to have a spot. And I think, and what I'm hearing is like, teams are going to put more of an emphasis on backup quarterback because look at this year, right? Like there's been so many different quarterbacks, 70-something quarterbacks to play this year. And so I think you not only need a number one, but teams are going to spin to be able to get a number two. And those number twos at the top of the list, they're going to go fast and they're going to go for a lot of money, over $5 million um, on a yearly salary. But it's worth it for teams like like the Bengals. Like they didn't make the playoffs, but to have Jake Browning, no one in their right mind thought Jake Browning was going to play and play well and put them in a position to even remotely have a shot at the playoffs. And look at what he's done this year. He's made himself a lot of money and, and extended his career at least three years, in my opinion. Talking with longtime NFL quarterback Chase Daniel here on the Dan Patrick Show. Ross Tucker filling in for Dan on a meet Friday. Check out the Chase Daniel Show on YouTube. It is fantastic. So here's my question about C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, right? I don't really remember, Chase, many people saying that they liked Stroud more than Young. There might be somebody out there that said it, but most people, the consensus was Young won Stroud too, and Lovey Smith blew it for the Texans because he won that last game last year. What did we miss about both these guys? And I'm not, I'm not writing their careers yet. It's only year one. I get it. But, man, Stroud looks really good, and, and Young really does not. What did we miss? What, what did all the evaluators miss? Well, I think at the end of the day, like with CJ, right, the whole thing is like the testing and is he smart? Is he like, I hate when media members, especially, and even teams put any emphasis at all on like, you're taking a test that has nothing to do with football. Okay. Like just go and meet with the guy. If you think, if you want to get an, an opportunity on how he, how he processes things or how, when you get onto the field, it's completely different. And and to be honest, I've I always liked CJ Stroud. And I agree that like in college, Bryce Young had a better uh a better career. But I I wasn't like you could talk me out of like Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud. Like I thought CJ Stroud had a little bit of a higher ceiling. Um and you know, all these attacks on character for for CJ Stroud. Like like I was talking with the Houston Texans coaching staff before the draft, like, hey, we'll be happy with either. 
and we think we're going to get CJ, and we're actually pumped because CJ, in my opinion, he's built like an NFL quarterback. I didn't really realize like when I put on the film of CJ in the NFL, and I broke him down every single week this this year because he's fun to watch. I didn't realize how quick of a release he had, how well he processed stuff, how good of a leader he was talking with the coaching staff, and that's a big deal. And when you go over to the other side of um, the spectrum and you go to um, Bryce Young, I just think, like, it's not – he's not – you look at the players around him. I'm trying to say this in a, in a nice way because I, I got players and, and people on that team. Um, the players around him just – they're not as as good – as the players around C.J. Stroud, if that makes sense. So your quarterback is only as good as the playmakers you put around. You look at that offensive line for Carolina, like like Bryce has very little time to throw, and I don't think this year is any indication on what he can be in his career, but you also have to sort of build an offense around him, just like any other quarterback. you got to put pieces around him. you got to put receivers. Like, everyone's just playing man coverage against Carolina because those receivers can't beat man coverage, and Bryce is having to hold on to the ball a little bit longer, these receivers are getting hemmed up at the offensive, uh, at the line of scrimmage, and there's nowhere to go with the football. And so he's having to try to make plays outside him. And he just looks fragile, man. Like he looks like if he takes one more hit, he might not make it. But I think if you, if David Tepper gets this higher right in Carolina, and I think you have to go offensive mind, like a Ben Johnson that he's going to have to overpay for or something like that. Like I, I think this time next year, you, you're going to be sitting here and saying, Wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was coaching. Maybe it was the players around him that caused him to not not have such a great season. Talking with Chase Daniel here, longtime NFL quarterback, host of the Chase Daniel Show on YouTube. You see him on NFL Network. He's got a lot of stuff going in the media now. I see him with Trey Wingo. Uh, it's interesting, Chase, because you said uh, C.J. Stroud built like an NFL quarterback. You know, you're what five ten. Something like that. Oh, I'm six foot. Come on, bro. Okay, okay, six foot. But yeah, whatever. Five, but you, but yeah. you, but you were. But Chase, you were one of the original, yeah. like short quarterbacks. Like now, it's like it's cool for Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. But when you were in the league, Chase, you might have been like the only guy less than six yeah. two when you first. My question is, and you played big time Texas high school football. Like, how many times were you told? You were too short, high school, college, NFL, to have the career you yeah. did. I think I think mainly the the biggest thing was the NFL career because in high school, like we went forty seven and one in three years at South Lake Carroll and in Dallas and won two two uh, state championships, lost the third state championship by a point, and we threw for so many yards and touchdowns. Go, I had I had over seventy five offers to go to college, ended up choosing Missouri, set records at Missouri, so. I don't know why it would be any different at the next level, but I remember on draft night or draft day, like the third day, my guy was like, look, hey, my agent was like, hey, I just I just don't think you're going to get drafted. Like, you're just not tall enough is what I'm hearing. And I'm like, I measured six foot in an eighth at the combine. I measured six foot at the, at, at the um, East-West Shrine. Like, what do you mean? Like, it doesn't really matter. And you see, and that was sort of the start. You look at like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Bryce Young, all these other guys who've had success. And obviously the number one guy was Drew Brees, right? Right at six foot, first ballot Hall of Famer. And so it was a little bit annoying to me because I'm like, I put my tape on the film and put it on the field. And you're going to tell me that one thing outside of my control is the reason why I'm not going to get drafted. And so I think I use that as a chip on my shoulder, not necessarily for motivation, but for a way to be like, okay, I'm going to prove not people 
um, like wrong, but the people who believed in me, I'm going to prove them right. If that makes sense. That was my motivation, not really the doubters or anything else. And I turned it into a 14 year career and, and, uh, it's been, it's, it was, it's a fun career. That's for sure. So when people, uh, Chase, uh, and you know, a lot of people talk about how much money you made, you know, given how many games you played or started, does that bother you or does it make you laugh or you, does it make you proud? You think it's hilarious? I, I, I was I think it's hilarious. your reaction. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. I mean, look, look, um, you know, you are worth what somebody is willing to pay you. And I um, prided myself on being the hardest worker at every single team I was on, um, at helping the quarterbacks out, uh, the starters out. Um, I had a lot of offensive coordinators, two or three, to get head coaching jobs. Um, and then I think once you're in the league and you get and you actually play, I think I've started five or six games. When you play and you play well, it just extends your career. We talked about it, and then I think you become like, okay, he's the guy that can come in and mentor with Carson Wentz or Mitch Trubisky or Justin Herbert or all these guys. And so it's kind of not your fault. It's kind of not your fault, right? That your the starter didn't get hurt, hurt more often. I mean, you that, easy, you easily thing. could have started like thirty or forty games, but the I starter know. like almost never got hurt. I know, and in all in all the areas that I was in and teams I was in, that's the one thing. Like the starter ha- was abnormally like healthy. Like the 2013 start I did that I talked about, we had already locked up the fifth seed. 2014, Alex Smith like busted his spleen open the week before in Pittsburgh. I, I got two days notice. I was starting on Christmas, and then Trubisky gets hurt. Um, in Chicago, and really, those are the only starts. And, and, and Trubisky came back, so it wasn't like an extended start. So yeah, I just uh, starters in front of me just were uh, were healthy. Hey, you mentioned Chicago last one because I just did their game on Sunday against the Falcons, and they got a big one against the Packers this Sunday. How do you feel about Fields? I mean, the Bears have the number one pick, man. They could get yeah. anybody: Caleb Williams, Drake May. Do you would you draft somebody, or would you stick with Fields? I do not think that the Chicago Bears should trade Justin Fields. And I've been very, very vocal on social media, on my YouTube channel, on everything. And, and, the, and the main reason is you just don't know what you're getting in Caleb Williams, Drake Mayer, Michael Penix Jr. Like you have no clue. You know what you have in Justin Fields and you know that the ceiling is rising. His stock is going up. And, and every time that he stepped on that field and the offensive game plan that um, Luke Getzey has put together has been something that he's liked to do and what he does well, unlike like the under center play action stuff that they were doing early last year or even this year. You put him in a shotgun, have him RPO. I think his decision uh, making and his processing has gotten a lot faster. That was the biggest thing I wanted to see him. And he's just, he's going up like I, Justin Fields is going to be a starting quarterback somewhere next year. And I could just imagine. Like, like I do a bunch of like uh, hits on like Chicago national sports radio, and it's a circus over there right now, man. Everyone's split. I feel like the fans want Fields, but I can just imagine that if the Chicago Bears were to pick a quarterback at number one, they they would trade Justin Fields. I can't imagine them keeping them together. Trade Justin Fields, and what if the Fields goes to the Las Vegas Raiders? 
Like that's a, that's a good landing spot. Or the Atlanta Falcons. And the first six games of the year, the Bears are struggling because they've started the quarterback clock over. You know, they have a good defense, but they're trying to get this offense. What is this quarterback, new quarterback like? And Justin Fields, six games in, is balling, has the Raiders at four and two or the Falcons at four and two. Like, could you imagine the explosion in Chicago sports radio um, there? Like, that's just what I think. And look, at the end of the day, Ryan Poles. I guarantee you at the beginning of the year, he was probably thinking, hey, we're probably going to take a quarterback at number one if we end up getting the pick. That decision right now is not so cut and dry. And so he's probably thinking like, oh, man, now i got a serious decision to make. Um, the future of the franchise is in my hands. That's why he got paid all these big bucks to do it. So I'll be interested to follow his decision. Chase, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Great to talk with you. Thanks, guys. There he is, Chase Daniel. Make sure you check out the Chase Daniel Show on YouTube and make sure you check out my social media because I'm about to dive into this meat Friday. We'll finish up the show. I'll see how much I can eat in five minutes before we come back and wrap up the show here on a meat Friday. 43 minutes past the hour on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I am so happy right now. It's not even funny. I mean, I think I had five or six of the baby back ribs. <laughs> They're literally falling off of the bone. People have, this is why you got to watch us on Peacock. But if you're listening, here, I'll just, I'll rattle around my fork and knife and just picture that being absolutely delicious. I guess I'm a green chili guy. Mac and cheese? Gorgeous. Oh, the mac and cheese is so good. I don't know how you get the baby back ribs to fall off the bone like that. Now, are you saving the brats for the drive? That's correct. Although, I I mean, see, this is where I get into trouble. This is where I don't follow along with David Pollock's advice on the whole food is fuel thing. Because I've, I've had enough now. You know what I mean? Like, I've eaten enough for a normal person's meal. But what's the fun in that? Like, what's the fun in not getting a half a cup of mustard and dumping a couple of brats in there for the drive back? It's a four-hour drive, dude, back to central Pennsylvania. And everybody needs to follow me on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. I will post a picture of my patented mustard brat cups on the drive home. It fits right into the uh, cup holder there, at Ross Tucker NFL. That's the key to life. Go ahead. What you got, Seton? I never really thought much about food, honestly. Like, it wasn't fuel for me either. It was just kind of like, yeah, you just eat, and whatever you feel like eating, it's no big deal. And then I married an Italian woman, and I realized that essentially all of civilization starts at the dinner table, and then life moves onward out from there, and food is very important. So here's what's interesting about that. You're Irish, right? I am, yeah. Ireland and Irish, they're not really known for food, right? They're not, no. So do you think that's why? That's why you didn't care that much about food, whereas it's such a big part of her life and her family's life? It could because be. Italian food's awesome. Like, what is the Irish food? Fish and chips? Uh, sure. Shepherd's pie? Yeah, shepherd's pie, cottage pie. Dude, I, was, I was big. So in high school, I bribed our teacher to let us leave Pepper Shepherd's Pie Day was like the most popular day. That and Chicken Nugget Day, I would I would let her, I would get her to let us leave thirty seconds before the bell. And I said, "Listen, we'll all be good all day. We'll all raise our hand all the time. We just need thirty seconds to get to the front of the line in the cafeteria for Shepherd's Pie Day. It's it's make or break." You ever have bangers and mash? I don't know what what are bangers? Sausages, mashed potatoes, and like an onion gravy. It's a classic Irish Ooh. Irish dish. You would love it. That sounds good. You know what else sounds good? The hottest rookies, biggest superstars, and all-time greats. The only place to collect them all is Panini Trading Cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. For instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more, start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. It's time to discuss what we learned today. Marv, Chase Daniel is not 5'10". I thought he was 5'10". You know what's funny? He really did not like that. He was like, whoa, I'm six foot. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, bro, I'm six foot. I was complimenting him. I was complimenting him on 14. Once you've played 14 years, do you care how tall you are anymore? I don't know. 
Although, you know what? When people say I played six years, I get mad because I'm like, it's seven, bro. It's seven. <laughs> uh, Paulie, what'd you learn? Uh, that this is a big weekend for the second stringers. Don't sleep on the games like Cowboys, Commanders, and those second string guys. And you never know. Multiple games are going to go the opposite way of how we think they're going to go. I'm telling you right now, whoever you think going to win these games, multiple games are going to be wrong. Seton? Uh, Miriam Webster, why does she get to decide who is? Yeah. What, what name is what and what word means what and who the hell does she think she is? I'll tell you who she is. She is George and Charles Miriam and Noah Webster. Those three fellas decided everything. Can you imagine? Oh, it's more than one person? Yeah, it's like Miriam oh, I thought her Webster. Na- I no. thought her name was Miriam Webster. No, it's not, it's not a person. Can you imagine how snobby, how snotty you'd be, though, if you were really Miriam Webster? But it makes perfect sense that three dudes would be like, we know what these words all mean, okay, guys? Uh, we've decided it. We're going to tell all of you. That makes perfect sense. Fritzy, what did I learn? We learned that you're a self-described cookie-pole genius and would take the Carolina Panthers head coaching job for five years, $25 million. Yes. David Tepper, if you're listening, I will. And by the way, not only will I take the job, I will let you dump a drink on me once a month for five years, $25 million. Absolute blast. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I love the Danettes. Love the Dan Patrick Show. I'm out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.